<laughs> you down with PCP? You know me. Did you just crack your yeah, knuckles? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to do it. Don't you do so that before every podcast? It's so yes, bad. Before every podcast recording. Keller, turn, uh, turn both of us still down a little bit. Okay. Crack a lack. Mm-hmm. I see that you have the book next to you, I Clark. I do, because I'm... The book. But can you hear me okay? Yeah, of course. I can't. I get, don't hear me very well. Oh, really? Well, I hear me okay. That's okay. better. Okay. Turn me up in my headphones. Okay. You got it. That's me at Eminem. Do you guys want to record a rap Wait, album? did you just do... You just did Dawn of the Dead? Correct. Yes, we did. So you're on 415. Yes. Oh, 412. You guys. What? What? Are we recording? Yes. Yeah. 412 is my birthday. <gasps> what? Are you serious? Yeah, I really am. We planned it. And that's, that's my movie. Wow. That's so funny. That that's is amazing. And Sorry it doesn't come out. It's going to come out on April 12th. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. It Sorry, is it not. It's coming out it soon. Uh, yeah. This will be, be out Monday. But um, Oh, I'll share it. The crazy thing <laughs> is there was a bunch of other similarities to the last episode mm-hmm. we did. Um, I want to get into it. Let's let's jump in because we have a lot of beloved Broadway musicals to shit on, and we have a lot of movie to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's so much to do. What is, how long does it take to become a beloved Broadway musical? It takes six a months. Lot. Apparently, six months. Yeah, that's all yeah. it takes. It takes okay. a lot of people's money. You won a Tony once. Were y'all rolling when I cracked my knuckles? Yeah, we might leave that in. We might leave that in. I just want to oh, yeah. start with that because it's the most Hector, badass. Give it a go. Hang on. Oh, come on, guys. No. I did it right before. This isn't... Uh, no. There's a couple. No. Ours are like, ours are like uh, if a tiny baby was cracking their <laughs> knuckles and Clark was like, let's get to work. Let's like, do she's this. Like, she's yeah, like, like a fight's about to happen. I'm like, hey, go. give me a second. Yeah. I got to limber up my fingers. <laughs> ready. And Clark's just like, done. Let's do this. I do Hurry this up. all the time. Do this all the time. I podcast every day. Every day. <laughs> Why are you yanking Fucking on my amateurs. dick? What was it? What's the, what's the phrase? <laughs> why are you pulling my, my no, dick? No, it was yeah. Are you? Why are you? Why are you pulling my dick? Turns out we can't say that. No, we can't. Turns out we're not allowed to. No man can say it, but women no. should. Yes. Women should and could Constantly. and can and will. Constantly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films <laughs> podcast. My name is Hector Navarro. Sitting across from me is my good buddy, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. Hi, Hector. How are you? I am stellar. You know why? Why? Because we're about to get learnt. Oh fuck! We're about to get so learnt. We're about to get. We've been turned. We've already been turned. Learnt. And now we're about to get learnt. Our you know guest why? brought us some Rose Wilson. <laughs> Rose Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. That's a little DC Daily inside humor. DC Daily. So if you are listening to this anywhere but America, you don't get that joke. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. That's right. But really, I think people like download stuff. Maybe they do watch. Do I, people I know who like, Rose Wilson is? Uh, maybe they don't watch DC Daily, though. Yeah, people know who Rose if Wilson is. If they follow okay. me on Instagram, they mm-hmm. get that joke. Because mm-hmm. I put my hot take clip. And Instagram is international, it I think. Is. It oh, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Worldwide. Our guest tonight, today, tonight, this day, the bringer is of the, Rose Wilson. the bringer of the Rose Wilson and the bringer of knowledge and passion and wisdom. And joy. And notes. And notes. And notes. <laughs> and adamant note taker mm-hmm. she is brought her own pen brought her own pen we and paper we didn't provide pen or paper she's an actor she's a host you've seen her on dc daler you've seen her all over around the internet and she plays gracie yes in satanic panic indeed which is really exciting Thank you. and is one of my lovely co-hosts on dc daily like i mentioned and is the creator of the sending the wolf podcast That's me. Clark Wolf is hey, our guest tonight. Hey, thank you guys for having me back. We're thrilled. Duh. We're thrilled. Thank we you just so had much. we just had your good buddy Perry Nemiroff. Yes, on the podcast talking about Dawn of the Dead. Yes, we also talked about Scream. Yes, she just put Scream on the list. She picked Scream. 
because remind me last year when we did our episode on Scream, did I ask you, did we ask you then or did I ask you after the fact, hey, Clark, pick a movie So because we're adding it to a list we're propagating of our guests' picks for their I think this movie should be on a list of the 500 greatest movies oh, ever. Oh, no. Do you no, remember? We were not doing that yet. And I must have asked you after the fact, Keller, what movie did Clark pick? I'm looking at I don't, it right now. Oh. You for sure did. Did I? I did? I got it every, was after the fact, so, yeah. So we start oh, like, oh, maybe like. Oh, I picked ha- The Conjuring. I think I think you're right. Because because Saw is on here. Mm. And I remember being like, oh, this Which, is clearly an old list. Like, Let's update. I get why. Ooh, it was The Thing. The oh, thing. The Thing is not the thing. on here? The Thing no, is, is on is. there. Uh, this list is but not. But it can be any movie ever. So here's the deal. Okay. Here, you two, can even look at the list that we have that's yes, been compiled. Please do. Oh, thus far. Clark, two traditions oh, yeah, on the we podcast. Have you're familiar with one because you were here last year, like I said, and we did the movie Scream, and it was awesome, and you're uh-huh. the and number one. And if you look one, to the left, you'll see what guest picked each movie. You're the number one Scream fan, maybe tied with Perry. Do you remember that story? Yes, when you were like, it should be Perry. Yes, and, and then, then you I were was like, like, nah. Nah, I'm going to take it. Because <laughs> <laughs> she can take Jurassic real, Park. She can take something you're, else. You're a real Heather. You're, yeah, that's, that's, I did. Yeah. I Heathered the shit out of that. <laughs> I did. I was like, man. Shout out to Perry. She's great. And she did. She came on Dawn of the Dead is what she picked, another horror movie, and it was great to revisit that. Right. And we'll have Perry back I've for something as well. Share her scream love. Yeah, absolutely. But um, two traditions. The first one is that Keller's going to tell us which movie we're talking about tonight yes, great. in a stuffy British guy voice. The second tradition, right. we just caught you up. <laughs> By the right. end of this podcast, Clark, we're going to ask you which movie you would pick to add to a list of the 500 greatest movies of all time because we're creating this new list from our guest's pick. And you just saw some of the picks. We've got some great movies on there. We've got some movies I've never heard of. We've got some movies I love. Okay. So you can tackle that one of two ways. I mean, last year you did it where you were like, if Saw's on there, I feel like The Conjuring should be Yes, but I, but then I picked The Thing. Right, and you picked The Thing. So that's not The that's Conjuring. Weird. So maybe pick, I answered you, our you, question already. You picked, you picked The Thing because I think you picked a movie that you're like, everyone can agree this is one of the greatest. Oh. So that's one option. Option two is you can be like, well, I want to champion a movie that I feel like doesn't get enough love. I think it was that because uh, before we get into The British Voice, yes. I think it's on my podcast, everybody gets to add a movie to the yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason... I do that is because on the AFI thrills list, Mm. John Carpenter's The Thing is not on there. And to me, that is objectively incorrect. It's insane. Wow. Like, that's not right. And the AFI 100 has like one or two animated films. Correct. Like, such so a, like, yeah, I remember we talked about yes. that because I came on the podcast and did Snow on your White. podcast. We talked about Snow yes. White and the Seven Dwarfs. Great film. So, but with the thrills specifically, 100 best thrills list, mm-hmm. how do you... Not having John Carpenter's The Thing on there, I just think is wrong. So yeah. that's probably why I added that. Okay. Fair. That's, awesome. that's probably the belong. thought process. And so here's the deal. Yeah. Cl- Clarky Wolfie, as she's known. Clark Indeed. K. Wolfie. Clark, Clark K. Rose Wolfie. Uh-huh. Wilson. Oh, Rose all day. Clark K. All day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like the Stefan Urkel of Clark. Mm-hmm. Clark it K. Wolfie. It is. <laughs> Stefan Urkel. Totally. Is. So Clark K. took a whole shit ton of notes during this movie and this is the first time she's and she didn't have to do that this is the first time she's ever seen this movie along with Keller and I this is kind of a unique thing none of the three of us have seen this film and it's like I would argue is a popular well known totally like it really yeah. it, it, this, this is not like a like a uh, you know Polish French movie that we watched with that, Wendy yeah. like where it's like huh the double life of Veronique who's seen that no this is a this, everybody knows Heather's yeah. so 
Um, so let's get into it, dude. Keller, hit us with that stuffy British guy voice. What movie are we talking about tonight? 412 mm-hmm. Heathers. 1989. <laughs> Director Michael Lehman. Dark as you like, high school comedy with Christian Slater and Winona Ryder pre their respective meltdowns, giving the performances wow. of their careers. Wow. Bullying and murder were never so much fun. Um, They're real cheeky sometimes. Yeah, man. That's a <laughs> cheeky one. I feel like in retrospect, y'all shouldn't have wrote that. That's mean to put that shit on blast Mm-mm. before their respective meltdowns. Like, that's, I mean, that's mean. Yeah. Christian Slater had a rep for being a hothead. Mm, I didn't know that. I think so. Because, okay, this is respect with respect to that. Christian Slater was 19. Amazing. In the, when this movie came out. And Winona Ryder was 17 that when this movie came out. That is pretty nuts. So yeah, it is. Could you imagine, like, even if this movie was a cult classic at the time, mm-hmm. it caught on in the pop culture. Mm-hmm. People were talking about it. And we were talking before we started rolling. We looked up Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice and... Heathers came out in the same year. Insane. She had a third movie that came out, which had a great cast, but I just don't really recognize the title. It, so it, it didn't stand the test of time sure. in the same way. But It's called 1969? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about Vietnam, I believe. Mm. Um, but so the point is, though, like, could you imagine being a 17-year-old oh. and having Heathers and Beetlejuice come out in the same year and you're wow. 17? Wow. And the star of it? Or just even I mean, being yeah. a 17-year-old and seeing those two movies? Right. Uh, Just as Mm -hmm. any person would be insane. Mm -hmm. And you're the lead in them. And then Christian Slater is obviously playing this, you know, late 80s James Dean type. Yeah, because his name is J.D. Yeah, it's Dean. name's Dean Dean or something. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not subtle. No, not at all. And so, yeah, like, so... eating sausage constantly. I'm not (laughs) trying... I'm not trying to, you know, excuse any sort of bad celebrity behavior, but, like... I would imagine that if you are a teenager and you're dealing with that kind of success. And let me say another thing too, like the whole deal with young people being successful, child actors. I feel that as the, since, since Shirley Temple, Mm -hmm. everybody else, the audience, the regular people that will hear about these actors, I feel have become with each decade more and more sympathetic and understanding Mm -hmm. because they do go through so much to the point where I feel like a kid actor today I hopefully ideal. I have no idea. I don't have kids. I don't work with kid actors. I would imagine they're better taken care of today. I hope so. Do you know what I mean? Than they yeah. were even in the eighties, the seventies, sixties, whatever. So like, I, I don't know. Well, it, and it's I think just, yeah. the amount of fame that you're talking about, because like even in the late eighties, you know, if like there was MTV, mm-hmm. right, and there was some cable, HBO, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like, if you were in a movie, it's like. That there's, was the movie, and was no, you know? And also, like, there's no internet. Winona Ryder was exactly. in a very specific kind of movie, exactly. like Heathers yeah. and Beetlejuice. Like, she's, like, not even just, like, the pretty girl yes. in these movies. She's, like, the counterculture yes. icon. So that yeah. has to be a frenzy in mm-hmm. a way that even now, yes, we have the internet. Yes, we have, like, everything is documented, so it's different. Right. But the level of fame, right. I would argue, is probably just so much more potent in yes. the late 80s if Definitely. you are a teen. Especially because... You're one you of, know, like, three movie stars. It, right. Yeah, and not... Stars. Yes, and not even movies, but remember TV back then? Like, it, ratings would get, like, 30 million people watch this episode of Cheers exactly. or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, that. You, it's impossible right. to get that kind, those kinds of ratings today. Right. I don't know. Cheers is on today. 
<laughs> it would be the good place and just do okay. Yeah, and just be yeah, fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I liked both of their performances a lot in this movie. I thought the whole supporting cast was great. Yes. Like all yeah. of the bit, all of the smaller yeah. roles. Uh, yeah, I will agree with um, that. One that stood out to me was Kim Walker, who played Heather Chandler. She's the first Heather to die. The yes. meanest Heather. Yes. Yeah. The Rachel McAdams of yes. the film, if you will. And you I just her. like, we were yeah. watching and she, to me, just jumps off the screen. And I was She's, like, where is she? Yeah, where, where is she? she? What's what she doing? And we looked it up and Clark. tragically she died at 30, the age of, I think, 31, from a brain tumor. Yeah. And was also allegedly best friends or very close friends with Jennifer Aniston, and they both moved from New York to L.A. together. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Kim Walker sadly passed away um, at her home in Los Angeles from a brain tumor. So that's really sad. But she's so good I know. in this she movie. Really she really is. stood out to me. Like, yeah, and the same. two, and uh, uh, Winona Ryder's parents stood out to me. Oh they man, were they were so funny. They were funny. great. They they were were so, really what good. was the? The dad said some line that. Oh, why do I keep? We said it was the line of the crappy. movie. Oh. Yeah, they're great. We said it was God, the line of the he movie. He said like, "Hey, I don't underestimate bunnies or something." Oh like yeah, that. yeah, he something said, about bunnies. They had a couple of great lines. Hey, yeah. I don't patronize bunnies. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they were definitely. Here's here's a teen movie that I need to give another shot to. To be fair, but I dislike it, and that is Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. The reason I don't like that movie is because I feel like the 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 characters or cliche characters or stereotypes that are supposed to be over the top on purpose. I feel like it's kind of mishmash in a movie where there's characters are supposed to be being real. Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie, I'm like, I, I after a while, I got the world. I'm like, this is a satire yeah. through and through. But 10 Things I Hate These About You... archetypes. Yes. Yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You has like the um, Julia Stiles sister's character. Yeah. Who she's like, Daddy! I'm like, I can't stand mm-hmm. a character like that. And then the father of those two girls. Yeah, Kevin Pollock. Yeah. Kevin, no, it's not Kevin Pollock. Who it's, is it? It's another like... Balder guy, not Stanley Tucci, no. the dad in Easy A, super funny not. actor, really good. But he's constantly like, like, don't wear that, don't do this, don't do that. That it's like so over the top that I'm like, this isn't a real, like, it's not real. I'm looking it up. Whereas the parents in this movie, I'm like, they are clueless, they are unaware, full on idiots, full on idiots, and it's and it's funny. And I well, they buy said it. to keep you away from this prescription drugs. Uh, as uh, she uh, just walks pills, away, uh, yeah. yeah, as she walks away. And they, Larry Miller, Larry Miller, now, Larry he's great. Miller, but I just hate his him. character in that movie. I'm like, this is so over the top, fake, exaggerated, right. over overbearing right. dad. That I'm like, I think uh, we need to reread Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> and boy, then, then we'll get it. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of learning shit, um, <laughs> Clark. <laughs> Hello. School's in session. Clark is in session. I'm here. I have so many things. Not to class. Talk. Clark is Clark in session. Clark K. So pull up your chairs. Yep. Get ready to take notas because you are going to tell us about this movie, basically. You wrote down, <laughs> okay, first of all, you wrote down a ton of movies that Heather's yes. obviously inspires. So I want to talk about that. And I'm basically, we're just going to follow your lead because, again, Keller and I watched this for the first time tonight. I have my thoughts about it, but we'll I... We'll start it the way we all... Like, what are your overall, overall thoughts? Yes, your overall thoughts. My overall thoughts are, I think that this movie... Well, this movie clearly had an impact in everything that came after it. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, like we were talking about uh, earlier in the movie when, when Christian Slater's character comes on and Hector, you were like, this guy, he's such a stereo... Like, yeah, really? He's got a motorcycle mm, and, the, bad boy. and the trench... Like, yeah. He's this, just full of lines. Is, everything right. he said was a line. And we're like, but we have to keep in mind that the 80s bad boy 
Christians, this role, I mean, yes, you have John Bender in The Breakfast Club, which comes earlier, Mm -hmm. and you have other such bad boys, of course, but the 80s bad boy, like, this is probably, this is probably a really influential character. Mm -hmm. Just like him and... Judd Nelson, and that's it at that point. No, I mean, I mean, no. There, there had to be like for to be honest. But with him you, and Judd Nelson are the good versions of this character. I'm trying to think yeah. of like the. They wear the same trench coat. Same exact mm-hmm. trench coat. But um, mm-hmm. like for instance, I'm not super familiar with Less Than Zero. I mm. am not uh, fam- super familiar with like Saint Almost Fire. Oh, okay. I am not super familiar with the Brat Pack movies, and then the Periphery, mm-hmm. uh, you know, teen '80s movies. Um, but I, but I think that when you're looking at not only the things that were popular at the time, but the things that have stood the test of time, then you can point to something like Heather's, something like The Breakfast Club, and so on for this archetype, right? So so I think that that is worth mentioning. And overall, I think that I... I like a dark comedy. I like a dark satire. And there are some things that do not age well, even when you're talking about satire. Right. But I think that also there are things that, you know... I I think are funny and I think are sharp and obviously even now even though you are you are clearly satirizing something you could not get away with Heather's could not get made today correct um correct a TV version of Heather's was made in 2018 but I was actually reading up on it and apparently it was the opposite of what this Heather's was trying to do oh really as in like the marginalized kids have become the Heather's Oh no! Yeah, Weird. so I think Clark. there's a reason that don't yes. I didn't write it. Clark, why did you make that, Clark? Clark? Why did you make that? I'm sorry, Clark. I thought it was a good idea. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so so clearly that did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's an interesting thing. Like when you talk about satire and you talk about the things that are off topic, teen suicide, violence in schools, yeah. um, domestic abuse, suicide, like all of these horrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that, and I think my tolerance is a little higher for this when it comes to the screams or American psychos or South parks or, mm-hmm. you know, pick mm-hmm. like a very pointed satire. Mm-hmm. Like I shouldn't be able to laugh at this. That, that to me is more up my alley. So I actually had less of, a, I didn't bristle as much. I was like, "This is this is." Cool. Oh yeah, listen. You know? Twenty minutes into the movie, I was like, "Dude, I don't know how to feel about as this." As soon as and you know what the movie is, though. Yeah, right. And I didn't at that that point. Yeah, I turned to Clark and I was like, "Clark, how do you feel about this movie?" And you giggled. <laughs> you said, "This is exactly what I thought this uh-huh. is gonna be." And yeah. then you and then you started taking notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I think that when you I think it's. Like, it's really cool to have this conversation now because all of us are coming to this with fresh eyes mm-hmm, right. in 2019. And still loving it. And still yeah. being like, this is this is rad. Like, I don't know. Now, that said, I would rather watch Clueless. Sure. That's more in my... And I bring that up because I think Clueless is a satire. Like, when you talk about movies that are influenced <sighs> yeah. by this... Yeah. As somebody who has Clueless in my DNA, it's Clueless. the wardrobe yeah. is even the same. Oh, yeah. And Clueless is, I want to say, 94, 95. So it's not that far. It's less than 10 years removed from mm-hmm. Heather's. And I definitely have, for me, that movie is Mean Girls. Right. And two minutes into this movie, I went, oh, Mean Girls is just this. Yes. Like, Mean Girls com- entirely ripped off this yes. movie. But I think it needs to be done every... Of course. Yeah. So, Modernized, yeah. updated. Everything. Yeah. We, have, like, we have to keep... It's necessary. We can't keep showing movies from the 80s to teenagers today. And, we have to... But yeah. you could maybe get away with doing that with this. The only thing I... Like, maybe the homophobic jokes. Right. That but, does not age well. here's the deal. Here's I was thinking about that, and here's the deal with but this. But it's only some of them. 
Yes, and I feel that the movie ultimately, the movie, just real quick, the ending to me is a happy ending that I loved, which is Christian Slater gets his fucking middle finger shot off, mm-hmm. which I went, and then he that's, blows up. Ooh, that's on purpose. And then he blows up, kills himself. Mm-hmm. The After he's enemy, been made to be the cool guy. The psychopath is vanquished. And at the end of the film, Winona Ryder, the previous yeah. popular girl, goes and hangs out with the the um, underrepresented, the marginalized, the overweight girl who was the butt of the joke earlier in the film and who tried to commit suicide herself. Mm-hmm. And says, Maybe one hey, of like three people of color in the whole movie. No kidding. And her and the, the, the woman who didn't speak until the end of the film when she goes... I'd like when, that. Yeah, where Winona invited her. She goes, hey, I don't have a date to prom. And then, because, you know, he killed himself. Uh, Do you want to rent a movie and pop some popcorn? And I was like, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so I'd like that. It made me so happy. So to me, the the message of the movie is so clear, which is... It's the same as the message of Mean Girls, which is it's bullshit and mm-hmm. you shouldn't do this when you're in high school. Um, and I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, here's what I was going to say. Because I think that Heather's, the, the movie has that message, I feel that the way that it combats, the way that it had homophobic jokes ultimately was a commentary on like, this is what jocks say. This is but what jocks not, think. Because they both said it at the end. They were both doing it at the end. Like, Winona and Christian Slater were saying were they really I missed that part because here's what I do remember here's what I thought was a really funny darkly funny and I thought a very interesting addition to the movie is after that they get the two jocks to pretend to kill themselves when really they shoot them in the chest and neck yeah and then fake plant a letter next to them which is like um, we loved each other and that's why we killed our, killed ourselves because the society wouldn't accept our, our homosexual love affair. Um, they have one of the jocks' dads at the church going, I love my gay son. I love my dead gay son because he was like, I didn't care if you were a sissy or whatever he mm. says, a, a, a pansy. A pansy. I, you made me proud. And yeah. I was like, they're doing this scene next to the actor, mm-hmm. wonderful actor and voice actor who plays the the priest in this movie. Yeah. What was his name again? Uh, Glenn, was, um, like Wilcox uh, or something? Shadix. Shadix, yeah. yeah. Who was in Beetlejuice, who was yeah. in, he was in Justice League and all these cartoon shows and the Teen Titans and things. I recognize his voice. He does the voice of the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So he's that voice. But he's clearly like an openly gay actor and possibly character in this movie standing next to the dad who's saying that and I'm like this is funny because it's so dark and it's only the reason it's funny is because it's like it's so sad that the dad even has to say that and, and doesn't accept it. it until his and, son is dead. right mm-hmm. and you know exactly wouldn't exactly and it's and it's sad because there's truth in it where like there's just truth in that, where the gay community for especially in the fucking for forever 80s. in the eighties, the Reagan you know, 80s. eighties, yeah. absolutely, God with damn. young people taking their own lives and then parents having to come to terms. With, so like that's so messed up and so darkly funny, especially because the two jocks are like in their football, you know, in the coffin. Christian Slater's like all he was good for was date rape and AIDS jokes. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like aside from the Winona Ryder Christian Slater making those jokes themselves at the end which I missed that part the movie has a take on it which is there weren't this even like is, jokes it was just like just, they just were using the words yeah. casually gotcha. yeah. right which casually yeah. and just sure yeah. sure which obviously we have come a long way from that mm-hmm. we were talking about it during the movie and before them like we have all come from a different era as well just the 90s and early 2000s and stuff anyway so it's bad and there's some jokes in there that are obviously like Ugh, but i think it ultimately takes a stance of like hey this is messed up that kids can't be kids For sure. yeah you know 
anyway, back to you, Clark. Class oh, is back in session. No, I was just going to point out that when it comes to the teen comedies and teen satires, um, Heather's did get an R rating. Mm. And Mean Girls is PG thirteen. Sure, Clueless which I'm is like, PG thirteen. Listen, Mean Girls show that shit to middle schoolers. Show it to six fifth graders. Yeah. Show it. To yeah, them. I was also thinking about like Drop Dead Gorgeous is also in the wake of this, mm. um, and then Glee and Gossip Girl and Scream Queens like clearly are pulling on yeah. the Heather's sort of models and Scream and its sequels and a lot of the conceit of Scream where the bored kids are like we're gonna totally. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and that is something I did write down was like, so I was here on Scream and the Scream episode. And one of the things that I pointed out that's always been really interesting to me about Scream is that it predates Columbine. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you have these two boys who are, you know, um, in a in a wealthy suburb or upper middle class or middle class town high school whatever and they just decide mm-hmm. to start killing their friends and mm-hmm. the different the big difference is obviously they use a knife and not a gun but like mm-hmm. you know there there is the duo of these two boys deciding to do this and i thought about the idea that you know when we're talking about like in the first scene of Heathers, Christian Slater pulls out a gun in his lunchroom to scare these guys and he shoots blanks at them. But that is a thing that is like, ha ha. Oh, that's that's wacky. And you also don't know it's blanks until it cuts to the next scene. And and other characters are saying, describing what happened. Because at first I was like, fucking see a school shooting in this 80s movie. Yeah. In this 80s comedy. And first I was, I think, I don't know who said it. It's like, oh, it's a dream. I, yeah, like I thought it was a little bit more of a dream no, sequence. Yeah, but no, he totally happened. did it. But they were just blanks. And yeah. and and that's and it's still allowed in the school later. Yeah, right. <laughs> later Come on day. back. Well, yeah. and then wear I was, your trench coat. We don't care. So spoilers, but um, you know, so Christian Slater. Let's talk about. Can I? We jump to the end of the movie. Yeah, I already said he blew up. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he blows himself up. He yeah. tries to blow the school up, but he ultimately blows himself up. I was reading while we were watching that there was an alternate ending that they shot where Christian. I think they shot where Christian Slater succeeds because you know he has a line where he says, wow. the, "You know, the only happiness is going to be when we're up in, in heaven. heaven." Yeah. So basically, the the end was originally that he succeeds, and they have prom in heaven wow yeah and, so, and again i said while watching the movie i was like dude i don't know how this is going to end because the way this movie mm-hmm. shaken out is like they could stop him and yeah. everything could could resolve itself peacefully and good or they could literally blow up this school full of kids and, and take the, it to the it's full and the, take dar- it to the its dark humor end. would be it's dark there you go yeah. this is the commentary on it so i think that that's really interesting that even at the time they were like it's a little dark. Yeah. And it does end with a teen suicide. Absolutely. There wasn't yeah. one until true. there was an attempt. And the idea that Winona Ryder's reaction, and again, this is a satire, it's 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 heightened. Yes. Um, and it's supposed to be played for comedy in a way, but or or heightened reality at the very least. Even. Yeah, but like she doesn't react. To him blowing up. She just lights, she pulls lights out a, a fucking cigarette. cigarette. She doesn't even light the cigarette. Yeah. Him blowing exactly. up lights, lights the, the cigarette. cigarette. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is so badass. It's so badass. And then walking because back to the school and just like being like, because, I'm the new sheriff. Yeah. There's a new sheriff in town. Because yeah. at that point, I think for even our context aside, the movie is going, Christian Slater is the villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, I keep, for I sure. I keep wanting to say Christian Bale. We're not talking about American Psycho. Exactly. We're talking about Heathers. It's so refrefreshing Different. to see a movie... 
like I know that your audience should be smart and should be able to know who sure. the villain is. Sure. But like watching some of these movies that we've seen, like yeah. in the company of men. Yeah. Or American just Psycho. Like, it's to just, a degree. It just bums us out knowing the people who watched it and then took the yeah. wrong message from yeah. it. Yeah. And this movie straight up tells you it's like, hey, don't mm-hmm. this is bad. Even even though Slater's character Which, when had it's for a teenagers, bunch of, it needs to be I, that laid out. That's a good argument. I mean, well that's a that's a good question. It's like does it? Does it not? It's rated R, like Clark mentioned. Like what like where does this art have responsibility to a younger audience? And I said early in the movie, can young actors pull off satire? You know? Like if mm-hmm. this if this is again I think it's interesting that Rachel McAdams was like 29 mm-hmm. when she was in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Like she definitely knows what she's doing, what character she's playing. Christian Bale in American Psycho and all those adults, like yeah. they know what they're doing. They know how they're acting. You know, they know who they're making fun of. Well, maybe not Jared Leto, but that's a different thing. Maybe he, maybe he, <laughs> I don't know if he had the awareness, even at the time. <laughs> Does he have any now? Awareness today? No, I don't think no, so. He's he still in now. that room from Blade Runner. You know yeah. he has a cult now. Yes, what? he does. Yes, he does. That's not a joke. No. Oh, that's the thing where you have people lay down Mars in front of him? And he's wearing the white robes and... Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a real thing. Google I know it. somebody who apparently went to it and <gasps> they left and they were like, I, it creeped me out and they left. I'm, yeah. Ooh. And I was like, what? I want to no. go. No, no, no. I no, want to no. infiltrate Jared Little. You know that why? That is the new mission of this podcast. <laughs> this is a new documentary podcast. You know why I don't want to go? Because I would be afraid that the day I infiltrated it would be the day that he'd be like, all right, let's all drink this Kool-Aid. Like, that's why I that's would not want to. And then I'd be like, I'm not what? going to. And he'd be like, why? There were a couple of... Because you're Jared. <laughs> Go on, Clark. Well, it's interesting because we were talking about can kids pull off satire, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, Is like, 17-year-old Winona Ryder aware of who she's making fun of? Exactly. Is 19-year-old what Christian they're saying, Slater... what they're doing. Right. Like, I always think of um, one of... I think one of the best comedic performances of the last 50 years was Alicia Silverstone in Clueless. Wow. I think it is so underrated how fucking funny she is but I don't know if she's in on the joke um, and that's not me making fun of Alicia Silverstone sure. that's not me dismissing her sure um, like there's a story I don't know if this is true because who knows if what you read on the internet is true but right. there's a scene in Clueless where Alicia Silverstone's character stands up and instead of saying Haitians she says Hadians mm-hmm. because that's how it's spelled mm-hmm. and Amy Heckerling the director was like don't correct her and that works for the character because, yeah. by the way, and again, I am not making fun of Alicia sure. Silverstone's performance. Oh, yeah. She's a it young is such woman. a heartfelt, yes. impassioned monologue that she gives. And Hadians is hilarious. But she also, yeah. it doesn't comes from content. a she doesn't never, know. She, she never in her it's life. It's full on ignorance. You read the sure, word, sure. what are you going to think? She's never met a Haitian. Exactly. Nope. Never in her life. She lives interact. in fucking Beverly Hills. And somebody says to her, Do you know what's going on in Haiti? And she's like, this is awful. Hey. Somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to say something. Mm-hmm. But she, that's as far as it goes. Yeah. So I bring that up because to me, that is a brilliant, sincere, beautiful, hilarious performance. Yeah. That you see all I the time on Twitter. Just someone being like, oh my God, that's insane. And then they never address it ever again. Yeah, but I guess, I think, but I think that m- more so, because I, w- I want to give the cl- the character of Cher a little more concrete oh, okay. than somebody on Twitter. Well, you know, because, I, well, I bring that up because I think Amy Heckerling, who is the writer-director, mm-hmm. was directing her in such a way mm-hmm. to where she was getting the performance that she wanted. And so I think that comes back to these kids. Like, Winona Ryder's 17, Christian Slater's 19. Yeah. Their angst probably has a lot to... 
yeah, you know, to inform it, these yes. kids. Yeah. But also, you have these really great lines. Christian Slater has a line where he says, the extreme always seems to make an impression. Mm. I mean, that's a great line. Yeah, and um, when uh, Winona Ryder brings up, she says, do you even like, do you like your father? And he says, never gave the matter much thought. That's such a great line. Sure. And is. that's such a good conversation for teenagers to be having. Mm. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if they fully understood what they were doing. Right. But I also think that whoever was in charge did. The adults were taking care the of them. The adults Which in the is room. also yeah. a huge thing with their fame that they were given so right. young. is because they were just like yeah. given this crazy dark black comedy yeah. that maybe they didn't even fully comprehend. And now they're the face of that. Yeah. Keller. Let's pivot to you for a second. How did you mm-hmm. feel about the movie? First time I watching it, was it, overall thoughts. Very good. Same. I was very surprised Same. by how very good it was. Same. Just because I don't know the writing. any '80s team comedy I've ever yes like it. This stands apart. This it definitely, definitely stands apart. Yeah. And I didn't know how deep the satire went. I guess mm-hmm. I didn't know how much. I didn't know if the satire was just going to be like, "Hey, these rich kids Making kill fun a rich of kids." Yeah, I didn't. Oh, sure, sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was very good. Christian Slater's Jack Nicholson impression is <laughs> fucking amazing. You've been going for yes. 40 years now. Yeah, it, and he's still still rocking it. Getting nominated for it, stuff. It uh it it definitely pushed my buttons when Christian Slater lied about First of all, I was freaking out that they were going to kill that girl at the beginning mm-hmm. with, with the blue mm-hmm. stuff and when I was like, "Stop, stop joking." And he's like, "Well, I guess I'll get her this uh homemade concoction." And I and we were all like, "Oh shit, she's going to accidentally drink that." Cuz the camera was showing you like the cups look the same, you know. <laughs> that I was like, I was I was honestly freaked out and the way that the movie set up to where what happened after that, I I was pretty blown away because I'm like, in in most realities, it would go differently. In most realities, I imagine Winona Ryder's character, Veronica, would get the fuck out of it. Or like, you know, but it kept pushing until the 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 fake murder-suicide of the two jocks. Because of him, him telling her, I have some German bullets that are like, you know, that, like, that like, you believe puncture what the you skin. Want to believe. Yeah, that whole thing. And so then he goes full on psychopath. He just is I mean, gaslighting her constantly well, the entire time. He was at the beginning a psychopath, uh, but... Yeah, pulling out guns, gaslighting her, and you know, and and taking advantage of her, and lying to her, and all this stuff. So there were things that definitely. Do you feel like it takes a turn to satire, or does it start as satire? I think it starts because remember the opening scene is, is uh, when Winona Ryder's character neck deep in grass, and they're playing croquet and hitting balls on her head. And I thought oh, yeah. that was the end of the movie because I'm like, well, they're going to explain how she got in there, right? They're, I'm like, I'm like, they're going to explain how these jerks dug, a, you know. You're probably wondering yeah, how I got. That's what I thought it was going to be, and then and there then y'all, that record and then y'all were telling me like, no, Hector, that already happened because I'm like, well, they can't kill Heather because she's at the end of the movie, and you guys are like, no, that happened in the beginning, and I went, and she remained friends with them and went back to school like, yeah, as bullies. one of the Heathers. Or she was always a Veronica. Yes, she was always a Ronnie. Never a full on Heather. Um, I was reading as we were watching that Brad Pitt audition for the role of JD. Couldn't have pulled it off. And the the quote was too nice. Mm-hmm. Like kind of similar to uh, uh, O.J. Simpson as the oh, Terminator. No. Too nice. <laughs> cut to Brad he, Pitt's he murdered multiple people. <laughs> yeah. No, cut to the character he played in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. This oh, yeah. like possibly killed his wife accidentally but but really not and then the audience is supposed to cheer him on when he's 
mercilessly, murdering violently women. murdering women at the end of this movie. Yeah. I look yeah. forward to the revised best 500 list <laughs> when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like number three. Yeah, it'll be up It's there. like Jaws. Nope. It'll be up there. We, ne- we never... That's for bitches. We never Pulp Fiction in the top ten? Yes, it's it number is. nine. I yeah. number nine. I looked up. Uh, and I think Pulp Fiction is a way better movie than Once Upon a Time. And like, I, like um, yeah, Pulp, not... Pulp Fiction, I would give you, I'm like, Pulp Fiction top 500, sh- yes. Because you know what? Yes. Those performances... Yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to... Don't at me. Okay. Once Upon That's a Time fine. stands. It's hey, fine. no. No adding. Don't at me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I, okay. But I, I'll go to bat for Pulp Fiction. Yes. I'll at go to Quentin bat. Tarantino. I'll go to bat for most Quintins. I'll go to bat for Reservoir Dogs. I'll definitely go to bat for Kill Bills. Kill Bills. All no. of those movies, problems included, problems aside, like they're, they're great movies to me. Just because you've never heard my, you never heard how I felt about Once Upon a Time. We never I talked not, about it. No. I here's here's my number one takeaway, and I and we don't have to talk about it. We'll skip right to, uh, we'll we'll go right back to the notes. Talking about the notes, but <laughs> I know you are very familiar with Sharon Tate. Correct. In her life, I know next to nothing. Yeah. So my biggest critique of that movie was, look, when you do a history revisionist thing about Hitler, you don't have to explain to me who Hitler is. You show me Hitler getting shot to death in a movie theater, I'm going to cheer you on. You do a revisionist history about a slave owner, you don't have to explain why that's bad. You don't have to explain who that is. I got it. Show me Jamie Foxx killing people Mm -hmm. and saying, I like the way you die, boy. Mm -hmm. I'm into it. Mm -hmm. I will cheer you on. Since I know next to nothing about Sharon Tate, I wasn't rooting for her in that movie. They made her seem uh, very floaty, very light, mm-hmm. very airy. Very, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, do you not have a job in the middle? You can just go and watch a movie theater by yourself and take like your show shoes her off working. Show show the struggle because all they showed was like, look at all the famous people she knows. This or was just like, like show can, her shooting she something. Can, she can hang out with Bruce Lee, and I, I was just kept continually being like, when are you going to show me? Why she, why you love her. Mm-hmm. And I believe you love her, Quentin. I yeah. believe you love Sharon Tate and her life and the movies that she was in and how her career was about to take off and this tragedy that mm-hmm. happened. I get you get it. Mm-hmm. I don't. So at the end, when that ending happened, I'm like, I was looking around and I'm like, I don't think people are cheering because they're very familiar with who these people are. I think they're cheering because they're cheering violence. And it felt in a lot of ways like the first thing that happened in that movie. And I felt like it was two different movies. It was a movie about Leo's character, who I loved Mm -hmm. and rooted for. Mm -hmm. And then it was him trying to do a Sharon Tate movie. And I'm like, I would have rather preferred one or the other. Yeah, my whole thing with that is um, that... Also, in both the Inglorious Bastards example and the Django example, mm-hmm. you have the people who are having this violence persecuted or perpetuated onto them enacting, fighting back. Enacting the violence. You have yes. them doing that mm-hmm. course correction. Yes. And spoilies for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sharon Tate just like sleeps through it. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's not participating. Now, yeah. does it make sense for Sharon Tate to pick up a flamethrower? No. No, it but doesn't. But this whole movie but is a fiction. that's the thing. Yeah. So Brad it's Pitt like... Brad Pitt is only inflicting violence his entire movie. He's yes. Only a, yes. Yes. He's only doing bad yeah. things. And so I feel like if you're providing... You know, also the other part of, like, to use Inglorious Bastards as the example, you know, um, a lot of those all of those actors I believe uh, were Jewish yes and they were getting to on screen enact mm-hmm. this like kill, historical kill Nazis that's exactly right and yeah. that's empowering in a way uh, to if you're going to use historical fiction yeah. that's empowering do it then do yeah. it yes and mm-hmm. so um, or why not here's my take why not in your historical fiction why not have the 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 really messed up people 
who were clearly not in their right mind and being manipulated by Let's Charles get Manson. Charles Manson and Roman Polanski fucking out of there. <laughs> why not just why not yeah. dismember Charles Manson? Why not do you know yeah. what I mean? Why not go to the head of the snake versus like the people that were part of his cult and brainwashed? Why yeah. not have a happy ending? Yeah. All the, those yeah, make it completely happy. Saved. And yeah, and people are going, Hey, you're gonna you're gonna tell me that I don't have sympathy for murderers and I'm like Look, man, it's a historical fiction. Again, I don't know enough about the true story that I'm coming into this going, these young people are whacked out of their minds. Do they deserve to, again, in this fiction, they didn't do what they really did. Yeah. So do they deserve what happened to them? I'm like, based off and of this movie, no. This and is, that's weird. Just a bunch of drugged up kids. Yeah. This is also so complicated <laughs> and this is a detour because, well, actually though, it, it's kind of the same because we're talking about influence. Yeah. And, you know. We're going to get into the Joker in a second. <laughs> no, we are we not. We have to. No, we are not. How do we watch the don't movie with me. Christian don't, Slater? Don't at me. Okay. Don't at me. Okay. Um, okay. No, but, but, <laughs> I love you're like, Christian Slater was not even in Joker. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? It, this character, oh, though, Nicholson. this character, or the character yeah, in uh, this movie. You know, so mm, Manson is also vibe. such a complicated figure because if you actually look at the history of Charles Manson, Charles Manson comes from a place of where he was essentially raised in jail, and wow. and he. But I, am I, I want to be real clear? Oh no, I know. Not making mm-hmm. any sympathetic because no. he was a racist. Mm-hmm. He was a bigot he was he was a real bad dude in that way um but he also was you know um finding people to do his dirty work for him right so it's like the idea of raising him up to some prolific figure when you're Mm -hmm. just like nah dude like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and but then it's complicated also because these women have their own agency Mm -hmm. but at the same time they are clearly under a lot of different influence and the time so basically what i'm saying is i'm comfortable with uh Leonardo DiCaprio's slave owner in Django equals bad. Yes. yes. I yeah. am comfortable with Hitler equals, equals bad. bad. Yes. I am uncomfortable because the women who who killed these people that yeah. the 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 Tate LaBianca uh you know um series of murders and that history and that true crime is is just vile and yes. and these women absolutely participated and did these things. Mm-hmm. But I think the time it, it's just a too much nuance for a Tarantino violent hit. thing correct. at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, here's what I to bring this all the way back to Heather's. Yes. Here's here's to bring, bring it, it back to Heather's because <laughs> I I was uncomfortable and worried at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. I didn't know how it was gonna go. You know, we're talking about the responsibility of art. Mm-hmm. I was worried that it being an eighties movie, that it was gonna be something that Till the very end, I was going to be like, yeah, not only can you not make this movie today, but it doesn't hold up and their language and their, their, you know, the, the way that they view the world. But I, at the end of this, was really impressed with my overall thoughts are I really like this movie. I kind of do think it deserves to exist on the list sure, of the 500 for, sure. oh, definitely. Every, for everything that it does. It is a fantastic satire full of great performances that I felt like I never, especially just again, by the end, I did not feel like, oof, they missed the mark. I feel like they got it. And that's it's so overt. Like it's yes. even John Watersy at points. Like in the point where like the two jocks, like one of them is like straight up assaulting one of them. The other one's like, no, I'm not going to fucking sleep with you, loser. Mm-hmm. Like it just that mm-hmm. way you said the blocking of that yes. shot is like, it's so sad, but it's like 
the blocking of comedy almost like even mm-hmm. it's and it's not because it's not real like that's the thing exactly. that is interesting yeah. to to remind yourself that scene where the two girls are in the woods with the two boys and the first thing you see is one of those jock guys just on top of and pawing at and it's so so real but not that's real. the thing that's is like so- those actors are selling it they look like real teenagers like mm-hmm. you're just like this makes me so uncomfortable mm-hmm. but then you remind yourself no this is direction these are actors on a set there was a director that, like do you know what I yes, mean yes. and then you cut to the wider shot where where Winona Ryder's on the other side of the fence being like screw off and the guy's mm-hmm. so drunk he falls over and like that's yeah have I don't I think I brought this up before have you guys seen the movie Observe and Report yeah oh I love, love Observe and Report it is but, dark comedy woof here's a, I want to bring up one yes, moment in I this know film. exactly what you're gonna because say I only know the Aziz Ansari exactly moment what you're gonna say. what's the Aziz Ansari moment no, he's not in it. You mean is uh, this no. is the end? No, Aziz Ansari apparently has a very small bit where he interacts with uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, oh I really? I don't yeah. remember his I'll, scene. I'll have to rewatch. Okay. But here's who is in the movie: Michael Pena, and he's genius, like hilarious with his character with a oh, perm yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the moment I'm talking about: Seth Rogen, mall cop, bad dude, Anna Ferris, hilarious character, terrible person as well. It, it's them on a date, and she's hammered, and all of a sudden the movie cuts to. She lying on a bed, unconscious, and Seth Rogen's on top of her, raping her, like date raping her, yeah, like yeah. she's out. And you're just like watching this like, oh my, I cannot believe this movie went here. This is horrific. And then with the perfect, and I cannot emphasize this enough, amount of timing, if this was any less or any more, it would not be okay. Anna Ferris, with her eyes still closed, goes... Cause he like stops. Cause he's like, he's what like, am I are doing? you okay? No. Cause he, he thinks like she's dead or unconscious. Well, or he, yeah. he realizes, I think in that moment, yes. Oh, did she pass out? Yes. And he kind of stops for a second and is like, are you okay? And her with eyes closed goes, I didn't fucking tell you to stop. Keep going like drunk out of her mind. And yeah, it's, yeah. you're just like, it's so funny because you're so relieved. You're like, Oh my God, that level of, like that was a trailer that moment. That level of dark oh, was it in the trailer? I, I, now, oh my! God. I remember it being in the trailer, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a red band trailer. Maybe I, it might have actually been. We should try and figure. I don't know. But um, it's so funny. So I recently yeah, only okay because obviously because Anna yeah. Ferris's character doesn't says that. Consenting, yes. <laughs> I, you know, so I recently listened to Seth Rogen on Anna Ferris. They did like a live episode oh, cool. of her podcast. Cool, cool. And Seth Rogen brought up that she got so much flack for that scene. Wow. And he, at the time, he was like, at the this time... Is, this is Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. Totally. This is what exactly. it is. But, she gets the wardrobe malfunction and yes. he gets a career. Still. But here's what I love about, and I, I sincerely believe this about about uh, Seth Rogen, Danny McBride, Jody Hill, David Gordon Green. Those are guys, those four... You said Jody Hill? Correct. Not Jonah. Who's Jody, Jody Hill? Jody Hill is a... <laughs> He's a director who does uh, like, um, did he do Pineapple? David Gordon Green did Pineapple Express. Oh, uh-huh. Jody Hill directed Observe and Report. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that checks so, out. So he's, in, uh, so he's in that crew, mm-hmm. uh, Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals, mm-hmm. and um, the Righteous, Righteous Gemstones. Gemstone. sort of frat pack. So that is Righteous Gemstones. Those McBride shows and yeah. are Jody Hill, mm-hmm. David Gordon Green. And McBride. Awesome. Um, I bring them up because they are guys who I see constantly recognizing their white privilege. Yes. And calling it out. Yes. 
and satirizing like male it. privilege. Yes. And, and even from the Seth Rogen uh, uh, school of like super bad, mm-hmm. 10 years later, they produced blockers, which I'm like, this is the young girl yeah. version of super bad. Because super bad, I would argue, does not hold up. I it doesn't. Um, I can see that. But, I still love it, but it is. Oof. No, but I mean, that's the thing is like, so with the observe and report thing, Seth Rogen was like, I didn't realize at the time mm. that you were going to get all the shit for this. Ugh. And he was he like, I, I was going to get all the shit. Yeah. Well, but he also was like, they came after you and I didn't know what to do. Ugh. And like, I personally think it's really good for him to say, I have changed since 10 years ago. Yes. By the way, I don't think that he was ever a malicious figure. I think no. he was ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people were and are, myself included, about our privilege that we have, mm-hmm. whether, mm-hmm. you know. So, yes, that scene in particular caused yeah. a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I, but I love observing reports too. I do too. too. But it is like, oh, it's, it's upsetting. It's yes. like really upsetting. But again, that scene and that movie, I think, has an ending that sort of makes all that dark comedy okay. Okay, and so does Heather's. So I have a question for you guys. Because yeah. um, we talked as we were watching and I was writing, you know, there are, so I think there are movies that Heather's clearly influenced that are satirical, that feature women. Yes. That stand the test of time. The Clueless, Clueless Mean Girls, mean girls yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous, yeah. Glee in a yeah. lot of ways, um, and so on and so forth. But then when I think about the, I would argue Heather's, Ooh, Kietty. Probably cat with Sorry. a bag. Um, no. So oh, I would cat argue. With a bag? Oh, boy. <laughs> cat with Classic cat with a bag. Cat with a bag. Um, I would argue, though, that a lot of these satires that came after Heather's that have men at the focal point. Mm. So Fight Club, mm. American Psycho, mm-hmm. even Observe and Report, we mm-hmm. could say, which doesn't deal mm-hmm. with teenagers, but like you're dealing with a darkness. Yes. That has men at the center of it. Those, I would say, do they tend to age less well? Absolutely. Does Heather's age better because JD is a side character and at the end of the day, Winona Ryder is our focus? Yes. And because Christian I think, Slater isn't made to be a hero. Right. And like, yeah. I, I Yes, I agree. Fight Club at the end, like only people are thinking that Brad Pitt's a fucking bad badass. Mm-hmm. Edward like, Norton's dudes a badass. are only thinking that they're he fucking was badass. A terrorist. He would like, you know, yeah. he also gaslit people and uh, lied. Yeah, and, and the know. whole joke about Tyler Durden mm-hmm. is that he's everything I mean, I yeah. He is toxic masculinity. Bring, yeah. Like, are, are we gonna bring you back? Please for bring club? me back. Yes. Club. Did you oh, see that? Top eight. Yeah, we're bringing we're bringing you're back 10. for ghosts ten and years. Fight club. Yep. By then, I won't be on Twitter, so it won't matter. Ooh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll we'll pencil you in for Fight Club because I think that that to, we're gonna to, do it in a college dorm room too. <laughs> to, to try and <laughs> yeah, even, even super bad suffers from this problem. Yes. To try and look at. Movies, comedies, satires that have men at the center of the story that are trying to say something along the lines and of the company of men. Oof, that's the worst one. <gasps> all of all of them all. That if a movie's trying to say something, have you seen that, Clark? In yeah. the company of men, yeah. I don't yeah. think so. Neil Labute joint. So and bad. Oh, Neil Labute. Yes. And Oof. David Mamet should yeah. go <laughs> have a Neil have a yes. hot dog party. Somewhere. Yeah, they should yell speeches at each <laughs> other on an island. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you pulling my penis? Why are you oh yanking my, my dick? Um, but oh my movies like that yeah. where the story is something to the effect of look at these men. Look at the stuff they have to deal with. Don't we feel bad for them? Anyway, let's root for them at, by the end of the story. Of course, don't hold up that well because as we've continued to 
progress. Yeah. We look at Superbad and go, yeah, they were nerds, but they're awful. They're Which saying is the awful. Thing, like I know we said we things. didn't want to do it, but the fucking Joker, the Joker movie. Sure, that's what sure. the fucking Joker movie is going to be. I haven't like seen it. Like they're putting yet. out now. They're putting out disclaimers ahead of it. The Department well, of Defense and FBI. No, are they really? Yeah, they're saying, hey oh guys, there's probably the well, mi- some shit might happen at some movie theaters here's, because here's of this a movie. thing. Here's a thing that it left me brokenhearted, legit. And I want to say this too. If you're listening to this in the future. Even a few weeks in the future. We haven't, three of us, seen the movie yet. Nope. I am really looking forward to seeing this movie. I want to see what the movie is. Yes. Right? That's on the table. We all agree with that. Like, I want to see what this movie is and what it's going to say. A mm-hmm. couple things left me brokenhearted. Somebody asked Joaquin Phoenix about this, and he walked out of an interview. About Somebody asked if he was concerned that it could incite some violence, and that made him walk out. He's also answered this sort of question in another way that I was like, I don't... The, the, the fact that it is falling to the, well, psychopaths can take anything and translate it any way they want to, and music lyrics and whatever, whatever. There's truth to that, certainly, of course, yes. But here's the thing that broke my heart when I read it today. That the uh, Aurora, Colorado theater is like not going to play it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that made me realize, oh my God, of course, mm-hmm. why would they? Like That That's made me go... Like- that's Fuck. immediately what I thought about when it's like, a sure. guy already fucking did this. Sure. He already and did it. I was, listen, I was, I felt these things when the movie was announced and we saw the first trailer or whatever, but to read that today and go, they're not going to play the movie. And, and, and then I thought it was a beautiful thing, a wonderful sentiment that a lot of the survivors of that tragedy are going to Warner Brothers and going, look, we don't want to pause this. We don't want to stop it. We want you to care Make about sure, gun yeah. violence. We want you to use your lobbying power. And I went, that is the smartest bravest but most wonderful beautiful thing you could do they talk but they're like we don't believe in censorship we understand it's art we're totally supportive of that but do the right thing warner brothers needs to fucking put and some they, money and they were they responded warner brothers responded and i was very disappointed where they said something to the effect of um we had bear no responsibility for the little uh, no they i think they they did an official thing where i even forgot what they said i just knew i read it and i went well oh. because originally somebody asked him and warner brothers said well we haven't received that yet so we can't respond to something we haven't received oh, it's like he's not supposed to be a hero though that's what they said they said mm-hmm. they said we're not worried because to us this this movie does not like uh glorify this character and I I can't say I agree or disagree because I haven't seen the movie yet. But I'm like worried. somebody fucking saw Fight Club and it yeah. wasn't supposed to glorify Yo, somebody that. Somebody saw Taxi Driver. Yes. Do you know what I mean? There's famous, there is well known documented examples of movies that have sh- like messed with young men's minds. All I would say is that to pretend, I understand as a. I understand as a corporation, from a legal perspective, you probably cannot acknowledge anything. Sure. Yeah, I get it. That said, yeah. to pretend for for a Todd Phillips or a Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, yeah. and I watched some interviews too, yeah. where they allegedly addressed this issue, to pretend that it does not exist. Right. To pretend that you are, they act as though they are completely unaware like of what making a the movie. journalist mm-hmm. would be to asking about or this issue. The mm-hmm. fact that they act as though this issue is a thing that they have never heard of mm-hmm. or thought of, mm-hmm. um, again, is probably a legal thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I am cynical and truthful, <laughs> but on a human level, right? Um, to me, that is what is unacceptable. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. when Kickass Two was coming out? I do. And Jim Carrey yeah. refused to do press because he had a change of heart mm-hmm. from when About he made the violence, movie yeah. to uh, specifically gun violence. Specifically gun violence, where he's like, you know what? I'm not going to promote this movie. I now personally believe that um, 
it's it's not a good idea to promote this kind and I, and I remember seeing that and hearing that and going like I forget how I felt exactly but uh I I remember being like yeah I can't be mad at him like this uh, this attitude of like it, I'm sure it screwed over tons of people and sucked that that happened but has he been in a movie with guns since I don't think so has he I don't been know. in many movies I since? don't think so I mean since I haven't seen kidding well <laughs> yeah yeah I want to though I do too I don't know the yeah. Jim the Jim Carrey thing, I kind of remember being like, really? You, you did it. just figured this out? You got the paycheck. Figured right. this out three sure. months ago? Sure. But also Jim traffic? Carrey kind of likes like, I'm going to say something crazy it, now. But it's also <laughs> like, or did you realize that your movie is a stinker? Because Kick Ass 2 is not good. No, it and is bad. And it did not do well. And, and yeah. did he see that as an opportunity to perhaps to distance, above, him, jump distance yeah. himself? Maybe, man. Maybe it read as cynical to me, yeah. uh, but that is one isolated example of something sure. that read as cynical to me. Okay, yeah, and also okay. that was then, and that is this. I don't know. Yeah. Joker's coming out right now. I know, man. It's coming out. I know, right and, now. And you know what? Maybe, I uh, God, I God, I I've heard from so many people and wonderful friends of mine, pe- people that we know, Clark, that have already seen it, and they walk away and they're like, Walking "It's an Phoenix incredible, incredible movie. He's incredible. This movie makes me uncomfortable." Like those are the those are the things I'm hearing, and I'm going, yeah, that's what that's what the trailer looks like. It will it will do, which is like, it, it seems like that's what they were going for, which is such a you know. <laughs> anyway, you know, maybe we're all wrong, and maybe we go see the movie, and it will it will have a message similar to how it treated Christian Slater's character in this film. I'm really impressed with Heather's. Yeah, for Me real, too. for real. For the more we're talking about it, I'm like, I like what they said in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. Yeah. Get yeah. so much right that is fucking whiffed constantly to this day, like with yes. 13 Reasons Why and yes. like Dear Evan Hansen. Let's talk about Dear Evan Hansen. Oh. Yeah, Dear this Evan is going to be the boys because I have not seen it. So, Clark, let's tell I'm you about. I'm going to sit back and listen. We're going to tell you about Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen is a beloved Broadway beloved. play. The type of Broadway play that uh, wins all the, wins the Tonys. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Tony the is. The type of Broadway play that, as far as I know, has predominantly. White characters in a, I mean, we had kind of nosebleed seats when we went to go see it. It's hard to tell. Hard to tell, but predominantly sort of like, like, uh, upper class. White affluent high school. White affluent high school and then the world surrounding that. So Keller and I and our wonderful girlfriends, we were fortunate enough to go see this play. Because we heard fucking Yeah. And to go even see a play is expensive and it is for the we rich. We saw Hamilton before that. Yep. We're and like, man, super we are, lucky. We got fancy ass pants. <laughs> Ooh, fancy pants. And and I will never lose sight of the fact that like that is a privilege to go do. It's not a that's not something that everybody can go do. This is not a movie. This is a thing. So we went to go see this play. And the play opens with a kid who has an unspecified condition, mm-hmm. possibly autistic, mm-hmm. but it's that sort of condition. And it's not even like, like it's like the play didn't, uh, it's not Asperger's. He it's, has it this special thing. He's special. And it's like, ooh, you're already not even committing to something. So you're just doing this vague after school special. The kid is going to therapy. His therapist, this is all happening before the play. And we are get caught up with words because uh, it's a musical. Uh, the, the therapist tells the kid whose name is Evan Hansen to write himself a letter. Dear Evan Hansen, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to, this is how I'm working through when I'm working through. Mm-hmm. Fine. So he writes himself a letter. Puts it in his uh, jacket or pocket or whatever. Goes to school, gets bullied by a kid who is the most one note, flat, bully, over like, the top, straight up, over the top, 
like I'm on drugs and run I'm into you in the shoulder. I'm wearing come on, goth emo nerd. clothes, got my long black hair. Long, like just like again, it's Judd Nelson in Breakfast Club, but with no nuance. Just you know, for a scene or two, and then his like fighting if you were with his a parents. gamer, yeah, fighting with his parents, goes to school, bullies Evan Hansen, grabs his stuff and like steals the letter and has and then like puts it away. So he has this letter. So then the kid just off screen commits suicide. This troubled Evan Hansen no, no, or no, no, no. no the, the goth bully, kid. The bully, the bully, kid. The bully, okay, okay, okay. bully. Problem is when his parents find his body, when the parents find the kid, mm-hmm. he has this letter that okay. said Dear Evan Hansen, Hansen wrote so they to think, himself. They think that their troubled teen that they couldn't communicate with uh-huh. was had a friendship with this kid Evan Hansen who he bullied. Oh. So then Evan Hansen Here's the most fucked up thing. I'm listening. Has a crush on the bully's sister. Okay. Okay. Oh Evan Hansen gets wind of this because the sister comes to him and was like, were you, were you friends with my brother? Were you friends with him? Like my parents are asking. It's and a he, straight up sitcom episode. He lies and says, suicide. yes, we were secret friends and we wrote each other letters. And then the sister and the parents are like, do you have more letters? Because this is a really nice, the letter is, dear Evan Hansen, you're going to do great today. You're going to, I support you. Then he keeps this lie he up keeps for writing a letters. two and a half hour play of, yeah, I think I have some emails from him just to get closer to the girl. Um, That's not good. Here's the best part. at the First of all, like no more mention of suicide, mental health. mental health, suicide, nothing. The kid, like the bully, I mean, there's no, it's all just about Evan Hansen. And at the end of the story, it gets found out. No repercussions. It cuts to Evan Hansen's in college, first year of college, and he's like, "Oh, what a crazy thing I did!" And it's crazy. And then he's like, he's like still on good terms with the sister. It's like disgusting. It was like really, really offensive. And at the end of the play, there's a standing ovation, and the four of us were the only ones sitting there, just like it's looking at wow. each other in total shock. Shock. It's, it is a story and play that made the affluent people that went to go see the play. Well, it's much feel- like Hector said, only this, we are very aware this is a very privileged situation yes. that we were able to put ourselves in and to and look we around, to watch a Broadway play. Look around. And we said, these are the people who come and watch Broadway mostly, plays. mostly rich people looking around and they're all eating it up because it made them feel better about something that I don't think that they, that is very uncomfortable to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all it did. And, it, and there's music and there's, you know, and he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to keep lying. And it's horror, horrifying. Yeah, and that sounds really bad. Heather's like, is woof. much better than this. Yeah. And it? this fucking nails it. Yes. Like I wouldn't say, it maybe doesn't nail it. I'm not a psychological professional in any way, but... Uh, yeah, we do need to clarify that on yeah, the podcast. I do make sure to say that every episode. Yeah, yeah okay, so I'm here's a question. A do you f- <laughs> Do you feel like, do your British voice, then I will... I'm- I um, know a lot about the, the noggin. <laughs> um, do we feel like Winona Ryder? So, like, this is a satire. I don't know how much we can actually trust or believe that we see. Right. What uh, is real and what is. Right. Mm-hmm. But do we believe that she holds herself accountable? Do we believe that she kind of gets away, gets off a little easy? Do we believe that, you know, she's covered, she's smoking a cigarette and covered in the remains of her ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. and she says this night, like I picture she says this nice thing to this girl. They make the plan. They walk down the hallway together and then the police are waiting for her. Like, at the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, right. but the movie doesn't show us that. Sure. And we're also within this world in which maybe there aren't going to be necessarily consequences, I guess. Yeah. And she's also just an accomplice. 
allegedly, mm-hmm. like even she though she's ever writing. Poison. The, but she, she shoots, kills the guy. She remember, the guy. she shoots the, sure. the jock. No, she's like, did you even hit him? And then no, he has remember, to chase her down. She shoots him in the end. He comes oh, back. Oh, yeah. He comes okay, back and she's that. the one yeah, who yeah. does it. That's when she's And like, also <gasps> she writes all those letters. And so it's like, even if you want to get technical about she only technically killed one person. She mm-hmm. killed a person. She's an accomplice. Mm-hmm. And then she killed a person. And then she helped cover all of it up because mm-hmm. she wrote all those letters. Mm-hmm. But I also think like you see at the end, Christian Slater's character is basically sexually assaulting her mm-hmm. when they're down Multiple in the boiler. Times. Yeah. Like, like they're at his house. Mm-hmm. Yes. At one point, mm-hmm. and just like stop, and then leaves. That's the first time. Yeah, they're like. And in the boiler up. room at the end, he is like forcibly kissing her. Yeah, He's like forcibly her groping. When, when they're yeah. fighting, he goes to kiss right. kiss her. Right. Yes. And he's about to cause this destruction, and that's clearly turning him on, which is like a very serial killery thing mm-hmm. to do. And so anyway, I think it's again. I think it's complicated. Um, I think that this if this movie were made now, like she would have to have a consequence, right? Like, I don't know. But I think (sighs) this movie's whole thing, it's like she learned her priorities, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And that is her punishment. It's crazy though, because like three people died, four people died, five, however many people, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, she learned not to be a dick. (laughs) Enough into the satire thing. And, is probably what but you're right like definitely but also you're right because that's the point you Uh know but i do wonder i i just i do know that i wrote it down i was like okay consequences question mark is she taking does she ever take responsibility Mm. because it felt like at the end when she was like you can't do this like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna let you do this if Mm -hmm. i have to kill you myself i will to protect these people I have been complacent long enough and people have died. Right. So it seemed like she was about to take responsibility for her actions mm-hmm. after she prevented him from doing more destruction. Yes. And I Which would might argue, even be its own argument as far as like a high school kid. How sure. often do you and watch the bully this is bully somebody and not do anything about it? Because what are you going to do? This is what gets complicated too is I was thinking about the idea of if you are a like um, I was just listening I listened to this podcast last podcast on the left and they do a thing called side stories and they were talking about this kid who um in the last I'd say six weeks um he was I want to say 14 years old and he found out that his um who he believed to be his mother was actually his stepmother Mm. he got a gun and execution style killed his mother or I'm sorry his stepmother his father and uh his brother or sibling execution style and you go "Mm." And they, the whole conversation they were having was, this is a person who's under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. This is a person, but this is a person. And, and the science behind, is your brain fully formed? Right. It's so, and I mean, we're but not going to solve this people here. point blank execution yes. style takes a certain amount of something. It's different I, than you lied to me and I'm upset. Right. You lied to me and I have a right to be very upset. Yeah. And our, our relationship is forever changed and let's discuss this. Have you guys uh, watched Mindhunter? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David Fincher with his knowledge of he, how to talk about people. About mm. serial killers mm-hmm. specifically. Here's my take on it. I think that if there was a Heathers 2, that it would be about Winona Ryder's character, Veronica, being friends with the marginalized, mm-hmm. legit, breaking down the systems in the high school click world because she grabs Shannon Doherty's thing mm-hmm. and she goes, there's a new sheriff in town. And and ultimately making up for her previous mistakes. It's Tony Stark. It's Iron Man. Tony Stark was 
a party to mm-hmm. people dying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, ha- he, it always has come back to this. It has it? to. It and it, he had a moment of, it had to be where he himself was captured and then right. saw the damage that his weapons were doing and that it could fall in the wrong hands and all that stuff. And then he did, dedicates his life to be Iron Man. Now, the, ultimately, the ending of his story is he snaps himself so that he can save the universe mm-hmm. and, you know, and destroy the evil. And he turned into the character that he said, um, that the movies said he never would be. Captain America said, I know guys that are, uh, you know, uh, worth 10 times as much as you, and they're willing to to crawl across the wire to save their fellow man. And Tony Stark goes, I think I would just cut the wire. But at the end of the Avengers, he was willing to blow himself up in a bomb. And at the end of Avengers Endgame, he does it. He becomes that character. I feel like in high school world, Veronica would become that character. It just would be a boring movie, clear, obviously. But I think that the, that the resolution would be she would become a, like a protector of those kids and would use whatever power that she had as an individual and as a former popular girl to like make everything better. It's the end of Mean Girls where they're walking around and it's like Rachel McAdams in her brace or whatever. No, her doing like field hockey, like, you know, nods over to, to um, uh, Lindsay Lohan and she's like with another clique of a bunch of different types of kids and mm-hmm. like the whole school is like peace. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be, you know, a, but I mean in terms of like legal repercussions again you look at each one of those cases and the kids died everybody bought it everybody bought the reasons they're all wrapped up in a neat little package you know like see it's funny because like i love your outlook on it but i think that it would be more of hey don't fuck with veronica she killed a bunch of people (laughs) that's another good point too (laughs) you know what i mean it's fucking high school that rumor got around yeah like that's the thing is she takes that i was jogging through the woods i saw veronica straight up fucking shoot johnny that scrunchie out of shannon doherty's hair and she's She's like like, bitch it's one of those badass murderers and yeah. I killed a guy. Yeah. And you just go, what? But yeah. also, <laughs> so I do think she would use this fear and to protect to the, the people that are the marginalized kids just in the like school. Just like how Tony Stark used the arc reactor to protect, you know, he used his weapon and turned it into himself and it yeah. became an advanced prosthesis. Wow. Him and the Iron Man are one. Veronica is totally the Tony Stark of this. Yeah, system. exactly. Absolutely. I want to see this turn into 22 movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Heather's see the Heather's cinematic yeah. extended universe. Yeah, Heather's graduation. Uh-huh. Heather. <laughs> Heather's graduation. Heather's Heather. far from home. The college years. Heather's far from home. Yeah. Heather's homecoming. Homecoming. <laughs> homecoming. That's the one. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's oh my one. gosh! Well, I, I know that uh, Keller and I really like this movie. Yes. Um, Clark is Clarky. Is there anything else you would want to say about Heather's? Is there anything else in your notes that we didn't cover? Because no. you took great notes, and I don't want to miss anything. I think uh, I think we covered most of it, and I don't remember if we said this at the top of the show, but I I know we said we had never seen it, but I actively decided not to uh, watch it before I came because I wanted yeah. all of us to watch it together. Yeah. There was one thing that we didn't mention that I will mention quickly. So the director, mm. Michael Lehman, uh, we were talking about how throughout the movie, like, there's a lot of horror elements. The oh, score yeah. feels like horror-ish. That weird the John Carpenter synthiness. Yeah, it feels like horror-ish. So what's interesting to me when I looked at his filmography, probably to through like, so first of all, he's done a ton of television, mm-hmm. but I would say in the ten years after Heather's, maybe fifteen years after Heather's, he did Airheads. Wow, oh, he did. That's an interesting. Forty movie Days too. and Forty Nights. Whoa, with Josh Hartnett. Yes. What he did, My Giant. Whoa, with, and with, with Billy, Billy Crystal. Crystal. Oh my God. 
Wait, 40 Days and 40 Nights or 40 Days of Night? 40 no. Days and 40 Nights, but both are Josh Hartnett. Oh, okay. This is the that's one where he gives, gives up <laughs> sex. He's 30, oh, okay. in it. The other one is 30 okay. Days of Night, 30 the days vampire of night. one. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is correct. But that um, movie's fucking But gnarly. then, oh, and also Larry Sanders, the Larry Sanders show. Mm, great um, show. But then he takes a turn, and we're talking Dexter, American Horror Story, Scream Queens, The Terror. And then I noticed he did 15 episodes of True Blood. Which is like you get Heather's does that for you. Yeah. Like Heather's is has enough of those horror elements that which is another reason I thought you'd seen this movie Mm -hmm. is because I figured it'd be one that you'd alley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was too young. I was definitely too young. And Mm -hmm. we were talking as we were watching, this was definitely a movie that was on TBS TNT, like growing up. Yeah. Um, because I remember it kind of being on. I remember the bumpers for it uh on commercials, but I I just never watched it. I was too I was too young for it. And it did like Breakfast Club resonated with me. Sixteen Candles resonated with me when I was... Because, you know, Mm -hmm. those are movies that were definitely before my time, but Mm -hmm. I found them and connected to them, Mm -hmm. whereas this was not something that was, like, up my alley. I think it's because it was a dark comedy. It's super dark. Which is weird, like, it's not mainstream... Meanwhile, you know I mean? though, Clueless yeah. absolutely resonated with yep. me. And one thing that I was reading about this, because, you know, like there have been a lot of pieces written over the last um, two years. Does Heather's hold up, especially mm. in our climate, in our culture, like whatever. I say, yeah, more so. And, and you know, there's a lot of discussion about it. But one thing that they point out is that at the time, Heather's was a cult movie even then. Yeah. Like it wasn't. It, it clearly did a lot for its cast mm-hmm. and the, that the casting of that movie found these stars right at the right time. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't like a huge, it wasn't Mean Girls. It right. wasn't Clueless. Like right. those exactly. were huge movies. And um, those movies wouldn't be as big as they were probably if this didn't exactly. exist. But mm-hmm. I bring up Clueless because um, I do think that there are significant parallels between the two. But even though um, Amy Hackerling herself is like a little jaded, even now, like you read interviews mm, with her sure. and she's like, she's a, she's a, a rough lady. Hollywood screwed her over. They, sure. Totally. Yeah. But that said, there is a sweetness and an innocence to clueless mm. that doesn't feel naive. It feels sweet. Sincere. It does. You know what's crazy, crazy, Clark? You know what's insane? Mm -hmm. I feel the same way about the first Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah. That's the same way I feel about Dumb and and Dumber, too. on paper, don't say that because that's a name of a movie. That's the same way I feel about Dumb and Dumber as well. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) On paper, those characters are awful. Yes. Horrible men who are just the worst. Yeah. But somehow, sweetness shines through, and I love it. I think if, if you've never seen the sequel, Dumb and Dumber 2, I don't know. Have you seen it? Uh-uh. Clark or Keller, you haven't seen it? No, you told me how great it is. Bro, you it told is me how much so movie. bad. It is so bad that it made me retroactively dislike oh, the first no. one because I still love the first one, but it made me go, huh, because... Were they that sweet? Yes. Uh, the answer is no. I think it's a lot of the audience projecting that on there, but no, there's still a sweetness in there. To, to kind of connect it uh-huh. to what, what you're saying, Clark, the makers of Dumb and Dumber, the directors, the Fairly Brothers... Yeah. Roof, Jaded. And Woof, I think indeed. Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels themselves, I, I have a theory that like for the decades since 1994, we're surprised that people love that movie so much because like their experience writing and making that movie was like, these guys are assholes. You would like this. Then they made Dumb and Dumber 2 and they're like, okay, we're going to give you more of the same. And everyone went, no. These guys are assholes. They're <laughs> racist. They're like horrible. But- 
and you go, well, wait, how different is, are they really from the first movie? And they're not that different, but it's just, there's a sweetness in that. Like that, like the moment in Dumb and Dumber one where Jim Carrey turns to the camera and he goes, I'm sick of having to eek my mm-hmm. way through life, Harry. Like, I'm like, Oh, my heart breaks for you. I love you. I, you're sweet. There's nothing like that in the sequel, obviously, but you and know what I mean? Yeah. I would argue too, that like the, I would say that I love Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't like any of the Farrelly Brothers other movies. <laughs> I, I don't, don't like There's Something About Mary. Stuck either. on You? Um, stuck on You that, but is okay. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, not that funny. No, you're um, right. Me, Myself, and Irene is, is mean. mean. It's mean. Do I think often Hank Evans for Little Girls? Always. <laughs> That's a that line from <laughs> He says, what's your name? Hank Evans for Little Girls. <laughs> I mean... It's a, it's it's in the movie. Jim Carrey's fucking funny. There's not there's, okay. So yeah. this is what we're getting at. This is what we're getting at because because Jim when Carrey's you look hilarious. at when you look at like Dumb and Dumber and even Stanley Ipkiss, yeah, you know, in the, the mask. mask, you know that is those are him doing being sweet. Even Fletcher Reed from Liar Liar, like mm-hmm. he's a little bit of a dick. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's the point. But he's a sweet, but he's dad. A sweet like element to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that happened. With the Farrelly's. Sure. Because that mean streak kind of just can't help itself in their movies that have come since. And I, I, it's bizarre. So anyway. You know what what I think it is? I think it comes down to, like you said, Jim Carrey's fucking funny and Jeff Daniels is fucking funny and a good actor and sweet. Yes. That even though Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey, I feel like, was sweet. Yes, this I, was that. Yeah. This and is that I 94 think, run. Yeah. This is before he. And I think he's still capable of doing it. I think he's. Still I think capable that's what kidding it. is. Yeah, I think he's still capable. And obviously, I think Jeff Daniels is still capable of doing it. I just think that they're really good actors, the both of them. Mm-hmm. That I think that in 1994, they made a Fairly Brothers movie. It was a Fairly Brothers movie, but their sweetness shone through. Yeah, Truly. they made the characters human. They Truly. grounded him barely enough. And you know what, though, I think you just hit the nail on the head. They're characters. Yeah. They're real performances. Mm-hmm. That's that I think is the thing. Because mm-hmm. if you're playing a character like that, you really have to work on not letting them be a caricature. And they and they, oof, they work their ass off to do that. That's they right. They really do. That's they right. Because really those are real guys. Yeah. You can tell those are real guys. The yeah. amount of commitment that's fucking yeah. and the yeah. amount, like that friendship. Yeah, is you so bo- you buy it, you believe it. You when like Harry it, gets you shot. Hate it. What he's wearing a vest and Jim Carrey goes, you killed my best friend. I'm like, oh, it's such a good, so yeah. good. after yeah. he just said, shoot him. Yeah. Shoot him. Okay, shoot him. <laughs> she touched my leg. Oh my God. But yeah, so in the Clueless versus Heathers, I think I, even though I, when you asked me like, Clark, did you know this? And I went, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a dark streak, of course, but Clueless is probably more speaks I get more it. to my I get it. soul, yeah. you know? And Mean Girls for me as well. Maybe it's go. because they're PG-13. Yeah, I think so. Maybe, I think this, that helps. maybe this does have a harder edge where you go, fuck. But yeah. it also needs it's it. Funny. I'm it so does. glad it has totally. it. Totally. Yes, it does. I yeah. I don't know if this could work PG-13. And I don't know that you could do a version. Maybe you could do a version of this that is more in line with Scream and using a knife versus a gun mm-hmm. in a high school. Is this what Thoroughbreds is? I'm so glad you Ooh. brought that up. Y'all. Thoroughbreds is Y'all. great. Did you I didn't see, see it? Thoroughbreds. Is this what Thoroughbreds Look, is? I just was is it a satire at all? About it. Oh, Thoroughbreds is absolutely a satire. Okay. And I think there is, um, there is a, if there's not a croquet scene no or scenes way. like there are stuff in there that is not subtly reflecting I heathers think, I, I think heathers is the most influential movie that i knew nothing about 
that's a great way to put it for honestly, real like, true. honestly like, like, it's one of the most influential movies we've seen on this mm-hmm, list for mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. i f- love thoroughbreds i like, want to see it, it cool. now it's not as like you know that those lines in this movie fuck me gently with the chains like that, those are yeah. classic lines yeah i love my dead gay son like this these is are, like super written this movie is mm-hmm, a straight up mm-hmm. a script yes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. thoroughbreds is i think funny and great performances from the two actresses olivia cook and anya taylor joy um and also because you're dealing with a female friendship as opposed to a romantic relationship mm-hmm. or like a heterosexual romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, yes, they, I'm so glad you brought it up because that that should have been, I should have written it down. Is it going to be your pick? Yeah, what's going to be your Clark? Pick? No. <gasps> Clark, are there any other movies you wrote down that we didn't mention? I think we that got everything. Only, only To Die For. To Die For? Oh. I haven't uh, seen that one. With Nicole Kidman. Oh, and The Craft. Oh, for sure. I haven't seen the Not craft. subtle. Uh, to Die For is great. Okay. It is Nicole Kidman. It is dark satire. Oh, uh, is it that? No, I'm thinking of another one. She's a, a journalist, a reporter, and I want to say it's... Um, What's the movie with Meryl Streep where she's got a hole in her body? Oh, Death Becomes Her. That's different. That's, that is different. <laughs> um, but That's a satire. Turn her head around. <laughs> to, Gus Van Sant did To mm, Die For, mm. I think. I'm 99% okay. sure. Okay. Uh, anyway. God. What, what, a, what a great classroom today children thank you for coming oh wow God. thank you for br- giving so me much. dinner miss miss wolf yes <laughs> miss wolf, miss wolf if, you, if you could if you could pick if you could pick a movie to be on the list what movie would you pick um okay so spoilies because i already said um, it they're called my sandals <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> um, <laughs> have you seen that what is it that's a video somebody saying pointing to an adorable child who has like little crocs or sandals on and they're spoofing Black Panther and they're going in the video, what are those? And then and the, the kid goes, like, th- th- these are my sandals. It's just like super straightforward, like super cute. Answer the question. It's like a three-year-old. These are my sandals. Oh, <laughs> He's oh, so, so proud it's of like his sandals. It's like an avocado. Thanks. Um, I love that so uh, Gus Van Sant did direct to die for it. I just okay, want to make cool. sure. Cool, and cool, also cool. starring the Joker. Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Heath Ledger. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh. So the, uh, there's too many jokes. Won't get far on foot. Walking Phoenix, Gus Van Zandt, isn't that a? Oh, I don't oh, know. Yeah, isn't that I a Walking so. Phoenix, Gus Van Zandt Probably. vehicle? A joint. Mm-hmm. Um, joint. The movie that I am going to add is The Conjuring. I already said it, but <gasps> I'll Conjuring say it again. Is so scary. It is. I would argue James Wan's masterpiece. Uh, also, I don't he, know. Have you seen Aquaman? Uh, and have you seen it in three D? <laughs> <laughs> I saw it with you in 3D. Did we see it in 3D? I can't remember. At the IMAX, we saw it in IMAX. I, then we, I think we saw it flat. But uh, it's a the 3D is bonkers. It's not a masterpiece. It's such a crazy maybe movie. a visual but the, masterpiece. But the Conjuring is the Conjuring. That's a real movie. Yes, it sure is. And uh, I want to say, uh, what's his name? So James just posted on Instagram today that he started principal photography on an original genre. No remakes, no franchise movie? D- movie. We don't know what it's called. I think it's called Malignant. Um, but uh, I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, James Wan. I think The Conjuring is his masterpiece, and I think that it works because it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It is a classic, you know, um, haunted, yes. haunted house, yeah. demonic yeah. possession. Yes, and it fucking hits those notes really? so hard and that it's so scary. Have you not seen it, Hector? I haven't seen it's. Any of them. Spooky time. I saw. Apparently, you haven't I've heard seen the contract. Clark, I I've heard yet. Annabelle Creations the scariest of them. Really? No. Ooh, no, that's ooh, not accurate. Here's here's okay. the deal. Well, I, I want to run through this franchise because I saw a Blu-ray set 
with a nice little slipcover cardboard on it Which at Best loves. Buy that had Conjuring, Conjuring 2, um, Annabelle. Uh, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and Far from Annabelle, Far from the Home. The Nun, I think. <laughs> Annabelle, Annabelle, Far, far from, from Home. Home. Yeah, it had them all. <laughs> there is another Annabelle. It's called is Annabelle, there? not in the basement. Has Annabelle it, it's the new Comes Home. Thing. It's called Annabelle, Annabelle, Annabelle Comes, comes home. home. Comes Far From and Home. And The Nun. And The Nun is not a movie. Wow. Oh, and uh, La Llorona. That's, I, it, yes, I don't think but, that's well, in the right, Conjuring universe. I don't right. think it was in that box in this little like slipcover mm-hmm. set thing. But I looked at that and I went, "Shit, should I just buy that for no, thirty but, or however much it was?" And just start, which one like, should he buy? It's only the fir- is the first is the only good one. The first one. Just run through the rest of the franchise real quick, okay. and then go back to the Conjuring, Conjuring Two. Yeah, uh, it's not bad. It's just more of the same. It, that's a great way to sum okay. it up. I think okay. there's a good movie in there, and I think you can clearly see where the studio went. What if we added a nun? Ooh, yeah. Is it still James Wan? Uh huh. James okay. James okay. did direct Conjuring two, but those okay. are the only Who two that Insidious? he's directed. James. He did that. James also did Insidious. I like Conjuring significantly more than Insidious. So, I don't like the twist of Insidious. Uh oh, that's fair. I don't like the dream world. The twist the, is that. The, so, uh, and this is the thing they call it the further. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people like, if you get to the end of Insidious where they go into the further, mm-hmm. and you don't like that. This is not the franchise mm. for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, but the Conjuring is fucking not grounded even enough. Real. That's exactly it's, right. Yeah. It dolls is, are real. The, the Conjuring dolls is are fucking real. I've seen a doll. The, <laughs> the Conjuring is definitely like a straight horror movie. Like yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. It is not. Um, and and it still has a lot of the same flair. But like, Insidious it's, is fantastic. Correct. Absolutely. Gotcha. Um, okay, Annabelle, unwatchable. Oof. First one is legitimately one wow. of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, did creation? James Wan direct that? No. 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 Yeah. Michael, did he only direct the uh, first two? Yeah. Correct. Okay. John Leonetti, who is James's longtime uh, DP, okay. d- moved to directing and directed Annabelle. Okay. Uh, yeah. Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Great. Creation. Uh, Aquaman director. Nope. Mm-hmm. Lights oh, no. out and Shazam director, Shazam director. Uh, uh, David F. F. Sandberg, Sandberg yeah. uh, did Annabelle Creation, and I think it is fine. I am in the minority because most people really like Annabelle mm-hmm, Creation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Annabelle in the basement, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. it is called Annabelle Comes Home. Annabelle Down Under. Uh, Annabelle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that was the most fun I had in a Conjuring oh. spinoff because it feels more Amblin. It is Great. about Ooh. babysitter and little girls oh, and okay. like a sleepover with in, a scary doll with all these demonic 80s creatures. Or something? It's like late seventies, maybe eighty one ish. That like, sounds more fun. That's the it is more fun. That's the scariest decade. Yeah, horrifying. That new American horror uh, story. And yeah, and the nun is is bad. And La Llorona was bad. I did not see La Llorona. Oh, I heard terrible I things. I heard it's not good. Cannot great. comment. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. director of that, uh, Michael, is his first name, is directing The Conjuring 3. Okay. So okay. that's the f- proper entry into the franchise. Okay. And the first time someone is not in James is directing a Conjuring A Conjuring movie. movie. Yeah. Interesting. What's right. James Wan's doing next? What's so he Clark is said, malignant. Okay, so malignant. original, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't also, know what it is. Y'all, Aquaman 2 at some point. Come on. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Is he like a fish? Oh, he is a fish. Officially. Clark. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't. The way you hit that the first time, I, I was like, do it she got it. The second time, I'm like, okay, Clark, that's a little much. And then the third time is like, <laughs> oh, I figured it out yourself. Nope. Oh, wow. Fish. <laughs> I don't even get it. <laughs> it's Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Um, far from love, home. And he's also Aquaman in the basement. Aquaman far from home. <laughs> At least producing under. the trench spinoff yeah, of Aquaman. Right, which right, I'm right. Like, that's real? 
Yeah. The trench. That's spin-off. just yeah. an excuse to have scary sea monsters. Honestly, and you know what? On board. Here for it. I the best part about that movie was scary sea monsters. Agreed. Sea monsters deal. was scary. Here's Agreed. the deal. I feel real bad because I brought this shit up at a Aquaman. No, at a Shazam press junket. Mm-hmm. He's one of the producers of Shazam, also is a producer on Aquaman. So that's why Shazam made fun of Aquaman, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. At the end of the post credit scene, it's like, what do you do? That's a dumb power. What would you do that? Oh, you could talk to that a billion so fish. And you're like, okay, you guys made a billion so dollars. So funny. But um, I loved that. Straight up asked him, the producer at Shazam, I'm like, so you guys are doing the trench. Well, are we going to see more? Like, do you guys feel like you have to convince comic book fans that it's that it's uh like going to be a worthwhile story? And this is not just sort of a, a spin- I said it in a nicer way, mm-hmm, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's not just a horror movie, you know, produced under, by Warner Brothers spinoff. Mm-hmm. I said, are we going to see some comic book characters? Maybe Tula, who's like Aquaman. It's like Aqua Girl mm-hmm. in the in the world, kind of like a, you know, and, and this dude looked at me and went, who's that? It's all possible right now. There's all possibilities. And I was like, okay, all right, great. But it's just like, i that's the only way that I'm going to be for real stoked is if, they, know, if they bombard me with more Aquaman lore, like authentic yeah. Aquaman lore, then I'll be like, okay, cool. We we still haven't even gotten a Flash movie. So let's just slow our roll. I'm like, know. you know I what I mean? I get to the Joker first. <laughs> Damn it, Keller. And Mary's Batman. Yeah, which like. Oh, I cannot. Jonah Hill. Yeah, I'm Jonah pumped Hill. about that. Okay, like, like I love Matt Reeves. I love. Those I love Planet Matt Reeves as movies. well. Me too. Can I just say though, like I was thinking about this. Speaking of Jonah Hill, not Jody mm-hmm. Hill, Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. I thought when you said Jody Hill that it was like a insider nickname, no. Hollywoody nickname for Jonah Hill. You're <laughs> no. like, you know, old Jody Hill. Over His here. middle nope. name is Douglas, jo- yeah. so we <laughs> call him Jody, Jody Hill. Hill. <laughs> Jody Hill. And then you're gonna keep nope. making up names. You're like. You know, nope. me and J Dog. Different, yeah. different guys. Um, but I was reading all of those casting tweets, and I was like, "How bad would I feel if it was announced that I was going to be in a Batman movie, and, and everyone, everyone goes, collectively?" Penguin, penguin. <laughs> you're the penguin, bud. We're hoping, like, <laughs> we're hoping he's Clayface. Ooh, listen, listen. But like, could you I wouldn't, imagine? I wouldn't feel bad. Oh, you yeah, know why? like you know, I wouldn't feel bad because. Fucking Le- Danny like DeVito. Legit, when Christopher Nolan was doing his movies, I thought he was. I thought Danny DeVito was being <laughs> Mister Freeze. Yeah, <laughs> people were people were like pe- petitioning to Christopher Nolan. Philip Seymour Hoffman oh, should yeah. be the Penguin. And to, to me, Philip Seymour Hoffman is a look. That okay? But that that's if you're great. gonna make a that's Nolan, great. a yes. Nolan's but Penguin is. Do, Christopher do you see Nolan. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's everybody Philip loves yeah. everybody yeah. loves DeVito's Penguin, even though he's gross. Like everybody loves that's a Burton's Penguin. Yeah, right. Uh, everybody loves Philip Seymour Hoffman. Everybody sure. loves Meredith Burgess's version of the Penguin from the sixties. <laughs> Meredith 60s, Burgess from the sick. <laughs> Burgess Meredith. Burgess I Meredith. Love you, kid. Well, Meredith Burgess. Meredith. She's I think wonderful. She's a journalist. She's great. Is she really Meredith Burgess? <laughs> I think so. They need to do something Burgess together. Meredith. They need to work together someday. They should. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, all I'm saying is there definitely is a type in oh, movies, 100%. which is the Penguin type. But the Penguin is—I don't think it's an insult. It is a like you're a badass. Like gangster type. That's like, that's to me what it is. It's not. Boss. It's not just your ugly, overweight guy who's funny to me. It's like you're a badass mobster who might not be with a fun umbrella. The, 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 the typical. <laughs> I you know, I do I not would, agree with that. I would take it as a compliment. But I that's because I love Batman. So same, but you know also I, mean? I do not see Jonah Hill as a badass gangster. Uh, I could see it. Really? Yeah, I could. All I think of is twenty two well, jump street. Not a badass gangster, but like, but like a flustered gangster. One of my most often used gifts I've never seen the movie is from War Dogs, mm-hmm. where it's Jonah Hill doing this thing. Yes, 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 yes. I haven't seen War Dogs. Like that frustrated, yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. where he's just like in a suit, slick back hair, and he's just like so pissed because he underbid by like we know millions he can of dollars. Act. Yeah, 
I don't like, want to yeah. see Jonah Hill as a Wolf villain. of Wall Street. I, I, I could see I it. I don't want to see it. Because. I'm not here for it. Because I like Jonah Hill, I think, enough that yeah. I've been Like, Matt yeah. Reeves, I think I trust him. Oh, God. Uh, I, no, want, I trust I want Matt fucking Reeves. Andy Serkis to be Clayface, though, oh, is my what God. I want. I want, I want Andy Matt Serkis to be to any. Andy Serkis. Me too. Me too. Me too. Clayface. But Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. perfect. That's nailing it hard. Love that. That's so good. Yeah, man. I'm looking. I told Keller yesterday, I'm looking at that. They should just make Zendaya Batgirl. Just make everybody mad. Oh, my God. That's what everybody's saying. Really? But Keller, you were asking me how I felt honestly about the Joker movie, and I was honest, and I told you, and then I said, now I'm looking at, you know, because however I feel about the Joker movie, movie brain, my comic book brain is going, yeah, but why? My comic book brain is constantly asking, why haven't we made the movie of this or this or this? Because I love the DC characters. Mm -hmm. I love them, and I see so much potential in them. So now my comic book brain is going, you know... Is this going to be the Iron Man? Because somebody, look, this is a this is an awful, awful, awful comparison. I I don't even remember who brought it up to me, but since 1978, Warner Brothers has made something like 23 DC Comics movies, and since 2008, Marvel Studios has made 23. Do you know what I mean? And you're just like, I, that I heard that statistic and it deflated me because mm-hmm. I went, oh my god, uh, you know, how are you feeling about? Think Aquaman? about how many are good. Yeah, of the yeah. DC movies, it's like that Jonah Hex isn't in there, Green Lantern isn't in there, you know. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm like, dude, your movie made a billion dollars. How are we not? How are you not filming Aquaman two right now? Move the story along. Let's go, Flash. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like you know, a new Green Lantern. Good. Let's go. So now I'm looking at the Matt Reeves Batman, and I'm going, is this it? Is this their Iron Man? Is this where I'm, they're going to start anew? Mm-hmm. And I'm going, are they going to leave everybody else behind? Because J.K. Simmons was Commissioner Gordon for two seconds. J.K. Right. Simmons is a get. He's a phenomenal mm-hmm. actor, and that was pitch-perfect casting. But now he's and come back to Spider-Man. We'll never, yeah. <laughs> like, Did he we'll really? Never, yeah. Did you not see Spider-Man you, Far From Home? I haven't seen it Spoiler yet. Spoiler alert. Okay, post-credit <gasps> scene. He comes that. back yes. as Alex Jones' version of J. Jonah, uh, Jameson? J. Jonah Jameson. So he's straight up InfoWars J. Jonah Jameson. When I order it from the UK in 3D that. in like a month, yeah, you gotta come I'm over coming and watch to watch it. Spider-Man. Please, because that movie is fucking I did watch amazing in oh, 3D. Great. I did. You did, yeah. I finally got to it a year and a half later. It's so Best good. movie of did the year. Like okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Just, you know. But now Matt Reeves Batman. You know, I didn't get it. Yeah. A man who's a anyway, spider. What? Heather's nuance, but eh, Spider Verse. I, I don't. I don't know what they're trying to say. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Um, Over my head. Clark, thank you so much for joining Guys, us tonight. Guys, thank you thank for this a wonderful evening. A wonderful, wonderful evening, and now it we can was. fart out all that broccoli we had. Great. You, you don't wait for me to leave, and then you <laughs> oh, guys, you got no. <laughs> don't do it. Cut uh, your mic. Oh, this is the Heather's theme song. Cut your mic. <laughs> Oh, uh, Keller, what movie we're watching next week and who's our guest going to be? Next week, we are going to have to go to not the top 10 of the list to find out. It's to... number 411 because I am 412. <laughs> yeah, you That's are. You just there was, I just skipped it. 11. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Speaking of Spider-Man. Who is your guest? Our guest, Jamie Loftus. Jamie Loftus. Number one Do Alfred Molina fan Jamie? of the world. Really? Jamie Loftus is, I believe, one she's of the... She's a comedian. The, she just did a run in Edinburgh Comedy oh, Festival. Nice. And she's she's got the, a podcast, The Bechtel Cast. The Bechtel cool. Cast. With former guest, Caitlin Durante. Okay. Where they, look where at they just look at movies and... Bechtel, Bechtel Test. Test. Through yeah, the yeah, lens yeah, of yeah. But they're two comedians, so it's hilarious. Love it. Yeah, Jamie's awesome. That's going to be great. Spider-Man 2 is currently streaming for free on the FX Now Does Jamie app. like Spider-Man 2? I don't, I, I don't know. I think I'm so, maybe. I'm not sure. sure. I know she loves Alfred Molina, Look, it's which is a, enough to get you through Spider-Man 2. It's going to be a great combo because I'll be up front right now. 50% of my heart 
adores that film like and always will 50% of my heart the other 50% of my heart is like this does not hold up and we've come such a long way I don't and like Spider-Man too. there's Tobey 45 to- minutes in the middle where he's <laughs> not Spider-Man <laughs> and I, I think Tobey Maguire is a, is a is a miscast for the character and sure. I and it, it's almost it's such a stupid dumb nitpick thing but there is an entire generation that grew up with Toby mm-hmm. that when you give them Tom Holland that, or even Andrew Garfield They're they like, go not my Spider-Man they go Spider-Man's not attractive and I go what Yes, he is. You dummies. He married a supermodel. Like, yes, he is. But because of the Tobey Maguire, very socially awkward, like very soft spoken. Because he's character, not supposed to be socially awkward. He's supposed to yeah. be a fucking smartass. Y- yes. So there's a there's a whole generation of people who grew up. That's weird though, because I grew yeah. up with Tobey Maguire as my Spider Man, sure. and I love Tom Holland as Spider Man. Yes. Same. So same. It's because you're right, Clark. Thanks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but it'll be a great combo either way. Whether she loves it, hates it, like yeah, gonna, no, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be super curious yeah. to know. Into it, I'm gonna be curious to re- revisiting superhero films. Remember, this list came out in 2008. Spider Man movie with Hector is gonna be a fun time. <laughs> sorry, it's gonna be two hours long. I'm sorry. <laughs> you will have to stop me. And we're gonna stop right now. Bye-bye. Okay, Clark. Before we go, real yes. quick. Please let people know where they can find you on the internet and if there's anything that you would like to point them to, any projects or anything. Yes, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Clark Wolf. Clark with an E, Wolf with an E. There are 60, 60 episodes of Sending the Wolf. Nice. Uh, we're on hiatus now, but two whole seasons. Hector is one of them. Keller, I got to get you on when I come oh back for God, season thanks. three, okay. um, but which will be coming soon. But yeah, if you enjoyed this conversation, check out Sending the Wolf. There are 60 whole episodes for you. Oh, That's man. Awesome. That, that'll get you through a week's worth of yeah. work. A Just, week. At least. That's 40 hours of work Ooh, week. That's right? a work week Ooh. taken care of. Get on it, y'all. I like that. Yeah. I like that. And, uh, and thank you guys for having me. This is oh, really of fun. Of course. I really Please got come back this. and watch it was the movies best. with us. Specifically Fight Club, but maybe it's, something yeah. else next year. In right? between. Fight Club yeah. in 3D, bro. Yeah. Before I'm 45 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It will be nine years from now. Uh, guys, go watch Spider-Man 2 on the FX Now app or rent it various places or just dust off your Blu-ray because God damn it, I hope you have physical media still and we will be back next week to talk about (laughs) spider-man 2 with jamie loftus see you guys then bye bye